Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8 and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Super Mario Bros. 2. Super Mario Bros. 2 was first released in 1988 in North America in the month of October. It was the second Mario 2 released. The first was released in Japan and was a direct sequel to the original, reusing many of the same assets. Yeah, I didn't encounter that until the Lost Levels yes. on the Mario All-Stars. But it, it was re-released on the Super Nintendo as the Lost Levels. And it's not that fun. No, it is much harder. Now... The original Mario 2, since it was so much harder, was rejected by the famed Howard. Oh, Howard Phillips? Howard Phillips. Game Master Howard. Yes, of Nintendo of America. Um, he, rightly so, realized that this game's challenge level was just way beyond what Americans would want. Well, and it doesn't really add much except for, what, poison mushrooms and wind? Like, it, they, it's just Mario about made to be harder. Correct. Now, this game, Super Mario Bros. 2, as many of you know is actually a remake of the game Yumi Kojo Doki Doki Panic. That's like an Arabian-themed kind of game, I guess? Now, it starred the mascots of a Japanese television station. Okay. I'm not sure if they themselves fit the Arabian theme, but the game they were in definitely did have said Arabian theme. Okay. Yeah, I I keep meaning to check out, you know, the original Doki Doki, but I haven't, uh, I've never really gotten around to it. Now, some of the differences are the fact that they did replace a lot of sprites, of course, for the main characters and for some of the enemies. Mm -hmm. But they also increased the frames of animation to certain enemies and to things like the waterfalls in the background. Oh, right on. A few things they did not have to change uh, were the fact that this game also had the star in it, the uh, Mario coin noise. Mm. And Pow Blocks. All of those were in, in it to begin with, huh? Correct. And the soundtrack was also done by Koji Kondo. Oh, it, th- this soundtrack's awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, many, many of the concepts that people think, oh, this isn't a Mario game, actually had a lot in common with the Mario family. Right, and this was Shigeru Miyamoto, correct? Correct. Now, one of the things they did change, though, for it becoming a Mario game was the fact that they added the run button. Oh, okay. So that you would control much more like the original. Fair enough. And then, um, hilariously, this game was re-released in Japan as Super Mario USA. Oh, okay. A few years later. So. Any any idea about the, the reception there in Japan? No, not at all. I don't know. Something to, something to check into, I guess. One final note is that Super Mario Bros. 2 is the third highest selling NES game. This, oh, well, good for it, man. Um, it deserves it. It's really good. I know a lot of people kind of hate on it for, you know, being so different than the rest of the games in the franchise, but it's it's a solid game on its own. Well, it definitely got my money, and I guess you're going to learn about that in a later segment. So, Nick, how would you describe the style or gameplay of Super Mario Brothers The Two? Super Mario Brothers The Two is a 2D action platformer somewhat similar to the original Super Mario Brothers, with some very big uh, departures from the gameplay. Well, yeah, because it's not just side-scrolling anymore. They've added a lot of verticality to the game. 
Yeah, and the big difference really being that you're no longer killing enemies by jumping on them and bouncing off them. Now, while you can jump on them, you're you're picking them up. You can throw them. You're you're picking up uh, vegetables out of the you know grass tufts that you yank up out of the ground. It's it's a very different uh, game. Yeah. So the big difference, as you said, is now you can pick up items and enemies and throw them. Uh, you can pick up blocks, potions, uh, vegetables, bombs. These are all things that are new to the series. Oh, there are a ton of items in this game. You want to go over some of them right now? Let's do it. All right. Well, the most common item you'll probably run into are the uh, the vegetables. And there are two types. There's the unripened and ripened. Oh, yeah. So some are real skinny. Some are much bigger. And they usually have a little smiley face if they're ripened, I believe. that's What's the... the... Is there a difference in, like, their attack power? Well, I didn't... Okay, um... Like I would mention a little later, I guess, but in the manual, under the vegetables, it says it's like if you pick up enough of the, the ripened ones, some, what will happen? And I was like, well, I never thought about it. But but what does happen, Nick? Well, um, the fifth ripe vegetable you pick up is the stopwatch. Oh, that's where the stopwatch comes from. Yeah, it's it's not an actual item. like it, Or, I mean, it is, but it only comes up every, you know, fifth ripened vegetable, which was something I didn't know until now, so that's new. Yeah, same here. I, I had just assumed that they were always in the same spot because I always pick up the same vegetables yeah, yeah. every time I run through. Same here, man. So there's a little more to that. Uh, now, the stopwatch, uh, what does it do? It freezes all the enemies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it stops time for like three four seconds i think yeah and you, you can uh use those frozen enemies uh let's say you're in a waterfall you can jump across you can use them as platforms to jump across that's probably the best most of the time when i got the stopwatch i was like whatever it, it's not usually in a place i didn't plan it out because i didn't know how they spawned really so right you, you know i'm sure there are areas where you could manipulate it to use them indeed now uh this game also introduces bombs yeah uh you pull them out of the ground as you would a vegetable yeah and sometimes that's kind of like a prank to you because it's not even useful but you're just like oh crap a bomb like it it has a certain uh, timer on it that it'll just explode and hurt you if you don't chuck it fast enough and you can throw them and they will hurt enemies and they will also destroy like you know the that's very specific type of brick wall yeah it's very easy to notice which ones are destructible and which ones are not and you can also find uh, turtle shells which are look like a red koopa shell that as soon as you pick it up, you can, you know, you carry it, but you can just throw it. It slides along the ground. doesn't bounce, but it no. will kill enemies. And then maybe the most important item you'll find is the potion. Uh, definitely. Yeah, the potion is a really cool item because it, uh, it'll create a door to subspace. Now and... you have to throw the potion down, and wherever yes. it lands, that's where the door forms. And then you'll you'll go there, and it's all it's black and blue kind of silhouette reversal of of the the previous areas. And uh, while you're in there, um, any grass tufts you pick up will all be coins. Yes, which is another important item because that gives you a chance to earn extra men at the end of the, each level. And you earn those extra men by playing slots. Each coin you get during the level, you can trade in for a round of slot machine use. And that slot machine uh, will give you a one up if you get. A cherry at the beginning of your run, or mm-hmm. if you get three in a kind. Mm-hmm. But if you get two cherries, that's two one-ups, and three cherries is some other large amount. It's five. Yeah, I didn't get that very often, so I, I, didn't, I didn't, man. I didn't get a lot of extra men from this. I was very disappointed in myself, but it's, it goes so fast, I don't know how... Yeah, it's really the first two levels where I try to bank as many men as I can, but I'll explain that in a few. But while you're in subspace, that's also where you find the mushrooms. That's right. Mushrooms no longer pop out of blocks you hit in no, this game. No. 
well, there are no blocks to hit, but uh, <laughs> mushrooms, um, as it starts, you have a little life meter. I guess, you know, you have two hits. They're little like red hexagons on the left side of the screen. And if you get hit once, you'll that's when you shrink Mario, Super Mario style. Yeah. And what makes this game very different from the original is that you start out with two hits. Yep. Yep. You are not small when you begin. You're not at that one hit level. But you can gain extra hit points, essentially, by finding the these hidden mushrooms in subspace in each level, and you can extend your life meter up to a total of four hits. Yeah, four hits in a Mario game. You won't be seeing this again until, uh, <laughs> what is it, Mario 64? Uh, maybe. It's, yeah, it's not a big mechanic. Now, for fans of Scott Pilgrim, the comic series, subspace is how Ramona Flowers travels through time and space to make her deliveries. Uh, and for fans of Stranger Things, which is awesome, they refer to, I always think of it as the upside down. It's very similar to, uh, which if you're out there, you know what I'm talking about. So the red mushrooms are now only in subspace. Mm-hmm. Are there one-up mushrooms in this game? Yeah, and uh, they're, you, you they're also they're yeah, they're also red and white, but they're just found in, in the grass tufts. You just discover them around. Yeah, you pull them up and plop, you've got a one-up. Now, is that the only way to get a one-up in this game? Um, aside from the bonus chance, I believe so. Yeah, you're not going to be collecting uh, 100 coins per level or any of that crazy nonsense. And you're not bouncing off enemies to chain one-ups, so that's not happening either. (laughs) No. Now, while traversing through the levels, you can attack and kill enemies using, you know, the aforementioned vegetables. Mm-hmm. Or just by picking up an enemy and throwing it into another enemy. Yeah, kill two birds with one stone. But if you kill five birds with as many stones as you need, <laughs> you will get a heart. So every five enemies you kill, a little heart rises from the bottom of the screen. Yeah, it starts floating up, and it's important to note that it will rise from the, the location of the last enemy you kill. Yeah. So that can screw me sometimes because... It's pretty easy. All the enemies respawn. You can farm for health if you need to. Definitely. But if you knock it off, you know, you, you, your last enemy gets killed too far away, maybe in a hard-to-get-to position, then you just wasted your, your heart and your time. Definitely. Now, there are also cherries scattered throughout the levels. Yeah, and, like, uh, well, if you get five of them, similar to the heart situation, you, that will spawn a, a star man that will float up from the bottom in similar fashion to the hearts, which makes you invincible, just like you remember. Yeah. And then other, uh, we have power blocks, which destroy all the enemies on the screen when you, you pick them up and throw them. Yep. Just like the original and the original, original Mario Brothers. And then finally is the key. Yeah, and that's a real interesting uh, addition to the Mario gameplay. Yeah, there are certain doors. You, I mean, you'll see doors in levels, uh, you know, you'll see tons of them, but some of them are locked, and they have a big lock on it, and then you, that means you've got to search around to find the key to open it. Now, the key is often uh, in a whole other area. You know, it could be behind another door, down in a, a pot or vase. Mm-hmm. But every time you do pick up a key, you will awaken its guardian. Yeah, the Fanto. And uh, they will chase you down, but... Um, yeah, they're a weird-looking little flying mask. I always thought they were kind of scary, personally. Well, as a kid, I was very frightened of them. And, uh, you know, I really used to think that you had to run your butt off nonstop from these guys. <laughs> well, I mean, you can just keep dropping the key, and they'll back off. Yeah, now that I'm older, I realize that it's not, not hard at all to either avoid them or just, you know, drop that key, let them leave the screen, and pick it up and run along. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's one cool thing about the key is that unlike other items, when you're carrying it, your run speed doesn't change. Yeah, it's pretty cool. 
So since you're almost always being chased by one of those phantos, I guess they threw you a bone there. And if you encounter any enemies between uh, where you got that key and the door, the key can be used as a weapon. You oh, definitely. You can kill anyone in your path. Mm-hmm. Now, the biggest change to the series, and my personal favorite, is the fact that when you start a new world, you can choose which character you want to play as. Yes, there are four playable characters. You've got uh, Mario, Luigi, Toad, and uh, Princess Peach. Yeah, and each of them has a different uh, style of gameplay and different stats to a degree. Yes, I really love this feature. It's one of the reasons that... uh, this is one of my favorite games ever. Like it, it's they all have different levels are good at and different things. But yeah, it's it really behooves you to switch characters as you play. And I agree, this is something that really um boggled my mind as a child that this was not carried over into any other games of the NES generation. Yeah, I was really kind of disappointed. I mean, I know this might sound weird, but I was a little disappointed in Mario Three that I was like, I mean, you could still be Mario and Luigi one and two players, but there was no real difference. I was like, oh man, like. No, and as a huge Luigi guy here, I was disappointed that he moved just like Mario. Yeah, well, okay, so let's go through these guys. Like, you've got, uh, they really vary in their uh, jumping ability and then how they deal in their strength, kind of. Right, strength slash speed. Yeah, like lifting power. Um, so, there's Mario. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Average. You know, just like in Mario Kart or any other uh, Mario sport game. Mario's going to be right middle of the road. Yeah, he's the Leonardo of this uh, group. (laughs) Yeah, he has an average jump, average speed. And what we mean by speed and strength is the quickness at which you pull turnips out of the ground. Yes, and uh, in addition to that, it also affects your running speed while you're carrying and, you know, jumping as well. While you're encumbered, your your movement will decrease. But most importantly, it also is uh, when you encounter a boss... It's how quickly you pick up, you know, the bomb you throw at it, Mm -hmm. the egg it shoots at you, any of these things that you need to turn around and then reuse against said boss. Yes, sir. And this is also the first time we see Mario in his uh, red shirt and blue overalls. Yes. Classic, classic design. Uh, Luigi, he's up next and he also has his new classic design. Yeah. This is the first time you see him as the taller, skinnier Mario brother. And as a taller, skinnier dude. This was when my love affair with the Weege, eh. when it all began. Well, he, I mean, I understand because he does have the highest and farthest jump. He has a crazy legs jump. That's yeah. what I call it. <laughs> it is an awesome jump. Now, there are many people that don't like this jump because it is a little squirrely. It can be hard to control. I, uh, I'm one of those people. <laughs> but if you master this jump, it is amazing how you can get around in some of these levels. Oh, sure. You can... I mean, especially if, if you get a running jump or a power squad, it's like you can just fly over screens of, you know, just skipping it all. Don't yeah, got to deal with it. Huge chunks of many waterfall areas. Now, the downside to Luigi is that he is a little weak. Yeah, he is, uh, he's weaker than Mario with the uh, the picking up speed, and, and his jump does suffer more than Mario's does while carrying. Well, to follow up Luigi, we have the princess herself. Yeah, um, okay. I said Princess Peach, but is she still. Is she Princess Toadstool at this point, I think? I think she is technically still a Toadstool. Yeah. Um, her her jump is, it's kind of weird because it's not that great. It's not as, it's definitely not as high as I think Luigi or even Mario's, but. It is can, actually the best. Yeah, because you can hold down the jump button and then you can float for one and a half seconds and, and you can steer it left and right. It, it's really cool. And then levels like the ice level or ones with uh, really small ledges, it is mm. just invaluable. 
yeah, there, there are certain, I mean, as we go, I'll kind of mention levels where I, I use the princess because I feel like her, like there's certain things that are tough to do with her because she is the weakest of the, the pulling up veg, yeah. veggie stuff. There were a few levels that I had forgotten and I thought she was the one to use at, but she mm. was not. And man, it made those boss fights very hard. Yeah. Yeah. When you're trying to pick up eggs and yeah. Yeah. And then last but not least, mm-hmm. especially in your eyes, <laughs> is the man, the myth, the toad. Yes, the toad warrior. I, I really love toad. He's my favorite one in this game. Um, he has the worst jump. Yes. But he's also the strongest. So so in honor of you, I played with a lot of toad this past week. Oh, I, I tried to use more Luigi than I would. I was like, I'm going to give him a chance, you know, that's, certain levels. That's and... exactly how I felt. I said, <laughs> you know, and I will agree. It's really fun being able to just tear up as many things as you want during the timed portion that you are in oh yeah the subspace the subspace yeah. you can get a lot more coins and and he really comes in handy in uh, certain desert levels where you're digging because he digs it's the same mechanic as, as yeah. pulling stuff up and you know being a longtime luigi player i did notice that a couple boss fights were a lot easier being able just to quickly pick up and throw some of those eggs or bombs back right away yeah yeah and then um so using all four of these people there are a few uh new kind of like you have a new ability, the power squat. Yeah. Where you just, uh, you crouch for one or two seconds, you'll start to flash, and then you basically get like a super jump, mm-hmm. which is much higher than your normal jump. Uh, you if, can even do that while you're holding on to stuff. Yep, yep. And uh, if you're playing as Toad, you'll probably be using it more than anyone else, but... Uh, yeah, because you have to use that power squat to get to some areas that people would normally just jump to. Yeah, especially Luigi. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we mentioned earlier how you're throwing things, but it's pretty cool that you, you kind of have two ranges. If you're just standing still and you throw, it's a kind of a short throw. And if you're pressing right or left while you throw, it, it, you get a little more distance. Yeah. You know, to me, as a kid, I always felt like if you ran and threw it, it would go further. But that's just the holding the direction while you throw it. Right, right. So one more uh, Doki Doki Panic fun fact here. Uh, to beat that version of the game, you had to beat every level with every character. Oh, what? Yes. Wait, would you have to get, like keep playing through it? or It would save. I think it was on a uh, oh. disk system game, so it would save your progress. Okay, that makes sense. So it was like you just had to make it. <laughs> well, that, that's pretty tough. Like you just didn't get an ending at the end and then no. keep going? Yeah. Wow, okay. So at least we've got that going for us, USA. <laughs> well, Nick, this is a first-party game, so I'm hoping it has a pretty good instruction manual. Well, it sure does. Um Mario Brothers 2 has a full-color, 30-page uh, manual. It's still the small ones, you know, for NES, but uh, it's got some decent artwork inside. It's very faithful to the sprites, but it's middling quality, I'd say. Well, I would fake not knowing, but I poured over this instruction manual so many times and uh, used it to copy and sketch a lot of the various enemies from this game oh, yeah. and characters. They filled the margins of my notebooks for... At least a year. Oh, I bet. I mean, I, yeah, I was into this game too. Like, uh, you know, it's it goes through a lot uh, of the controls and items and details, everything we already kind of went over. But it, it does give you some story, which is kind of a weird one because it's like Mario falls asleep and dreams of a stairway to Subcon. Yeah. And he, he a voice asks him, a disembodied voice just asks him for help against Wart, who hates vegetables. I guess that's why you can use them against all of his minions. Yeah, apparently. But he, uh, so then you wake up and uh, all of the, you and the Mario and the three other characters all go on a picnic. And then uh, 
go into a cave and find the same stairs, and it's off to adventure. Now, what about uh, the enemy section of this uh, instruction manual, Nick? Uh, you'll, this is a great enemy section. It has every enemy in it. Um, there, It's like six pages long. They all are all named and have uh, colored pictures and the drawing. So you can see the in-game graphics and a uh, art picture of it, which, you know, this is where the quality, I was like, it's okay, but it, it's very faithful because they're all right next to the sprite and they look almost identical. I thought it was kind of funny there. <laughs> Right. But there is a mistake, which was also at, in the ending of the game where it names, uh, it mixes up the names of Ostro and Birdo. Oh, yeah. Which I could kind of see happening because Birdo looks like, does not look like a bird or an ostrich. So an, no. an ostrich is a bird. So whatever. <laughs> now, it should be noted that uh, there is a little controversy here in the instruction manual that has um, kind of ebbed and flowed as time went on. Mm. Not so controversial in the beginning because it was more of a joke. Right. But it does state that Birdo is in fact a man. Yeah, that wishes it was a girl. Yeah, so even though it wears a bow and lipstick, it is apparently, you know, uh, transgendered, whatever the term may be, but more power to you, Birdo. And it, it says he would rather be called Birdetta. So apparently Birdo is a, a masculine name. Oh, well then I feel kind of bad because they still call him Birdo. Yeah, it's a, yeah. been a rough life for poor Birdo, man. man. Nintendo, <laughs> come on. You know, it's just respectful. Call Birdette what she would like to be called. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um, notes section? Maybe memos? No memos or notes in this one, so that's... Not, that's not really we... needed. No, no. I mean, not that that stopped them before, but it's a, it's a decent book, man. It's it's worth a worth a look. Get some, get some pictures. Maybe uh, copy some of those drawings into the margin <laughs> of your notebook. So, Nick, what was your personal history with Super Mario Bros. 2? I was obsessed with this game. Um, it came out shortly after I first got my NES, so I really wanted it. I had the the first complimentary issue of Nintendo Power that laid yes. it all out there, and I was I was foaming at the mouth for this. Now, if you recall, uh, folks at home, that cover was a claymation rendering of Mario with a carrot jumping <laughs> through that land. Yeah, look look pretty good. Yes, uh, that image is forever burnt into my memory. <laughs> In fact, it is the first thing I think of when I think of Mario Brothers 2. So, did, did you own this game? Yes. I called Kmart every day <laughs> for at least three weeks, asking if this game had come in. Because what you don't understand, uh, youngins, if you were maybe a younger listener of this podcast, there were no hard release dates for these Nintendo games. No. There was no always drops on Tuesday or Friday or however it goes. It was just one day they would appear... At your local Kmart or Toys R Us. So you would literally have to call every day waiting to see if they would get a shipment in. Yeah, I, uh, now I didn't actually own this game. Uh, I, I, I was able to get it, I was able to get a game for my birthday and I chose this one and I remember calling ahead and asking them, like, do you have Mario 2? And they're like, yeah, we have one copy. And I was like, please save it. I gave them my name. I'm coming right now. And they're like, okay. And that is the exact same thing that happened to me. I called and they said, we have a, we have a couple copies in. And I said, Please hold it for me. Begged my mom. I said, Mom, I know it's a school night. I have the money right here that I've saved up from my birthday and many other things. Because it released in the fall. Yeah. So she agreed. We made that faithful trip to Kmart. And there it was at that weird little square island that they used to have in the back (laughs) section. Uh, I got it. And like so many NES games, you try to read as much of that instruction manual as you can by the streetlights on the way home. Right home, baby. Getting ready. But it sounds like your trip to Kmart was not as uh, fortuitous. No, those jerks sold it before I got there. 
I was very mad. And then, you know, I was presented with the choice of waiting yeah. or getting something else. And I chose to get Dragon Warrior, which is a different story for a different podcast. But a very fateful choice in uh, the life of young Nick. Oh, it really was a weird uh, crossroads that I didn't even know I was at. But regardless, I still played this game a lot. I would rent it or borrow it frequently, and I was able to beat it as a child. Oh, uh, yeah. I beat the heck out of this game when I was a kid. This is one of those games that I never got sick of. Like, I still can... Just, it's just fun to go back. Well, I think the fact that you could choose your character, uh, that a lot of levels do have different paths through them, mm -hmm. and the fact that there are some really good warps make this game super replayable. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know that it was a big hit uh, in our neighborhood, and... Since I was one of the first ones to have it, often other kids would come over and want to play. Oh, I mean, I bet that's a good, a good solid one for trades, too, where you know this is going to have some staying power. I'll be able to swap it out, maybe get some newer games in return. Well, I was super nervous about trading, so I only uh, traded the crappy games with well, people that weren't part of my inner circle. Yeah, I didn't trade with, you know, strangers, but... They were not getting my Mario 2. They were getting my 3D World Runner. <laughs> Glasses not included. Oh, man. So then, Nick, what was your more recent experience with this game? Uh, well, I had a lot of fun. Uh, I, I played it uh, three sittings and was able to beat it without too much trouble. But, I mean, I'm pretty familiar with it, so it wasn't any uh, big accomplishment. Yeah, I myself played it about four, four times, I think. I was really trying to focus on making sure I went through every level. You know, yeah. oftentimes, you know, in this and the first Mario, you skip so many levels because you're used to always going to those warps. Right, right. So I wanted to make sure I went through all of the levels. Uh, like I said, I tried to use Toad a little bit more, and I did come to appreciate him at the boss areas quite a bit. Yeah, everybody's got their levels. Um, I When I played it, too, it was like my first playthrough, I got to, man, 5-3 maybe. And then when I came back the second time, I just I was like, well, I'll go ahead and warp to 5 and then go through till the end. And then I got to like level 7, and then so the third time, I just went and warped straight to the end. Yeah, that's how I did it as well. Um, my final time, I try to get as many lives as I could early in the game, and then just warp to the end of the game. Oh, yeah. You can you can farm them out, man. And, uh, and you know, we should mention you get you start with three lives, and you have two continues. You cannot earn more continues, although you can earn as many lives as, as you're lucky enough to get. Yeah, and it is all luck. All right, Nick. Here we are in the general chat portion of our podcast. Yes, sir. I want to start by saying the play control in this game is a lot harder than I remembered. Yeah, it's a little weird. Um, it doesn't have that pick up and play instantaneous feel that Mario 1 has. Yeah, uh, see, for me, having played with Toad so much, like when I, when I go back and play with anyone else, I'm like, these jumps are so weird because he really has a very basic jump. Very you know? tight. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like it, it's easier to control. Yes, but once you get used to it, not just his jump, but everyone's movements, I think you find that this game gives you almost a little more freedom than Mario 1 had. Oh, yeah, and you can, you know, the first, the whole first world is, is pretty chill and gives you a lot of opportunities to experiment, try different characters, see, see how they, you know, try them out. Yeah, so for many years, this was seen as kind of the redheaded stepchild of the Mario family. Yeah. But... The more I play it, I realize that not only is it a very worthy sequel to Super Mario Brothers, but I'm beginning to think that it's actually better than the first one. I, I think it's way better. I mean, this also, I'm not going to bury the lead here, this is my favorite, at least NES, Mario game. Well, it's not mine, but I will say that 
I think as an older gamer and as a modern gamer, you can have more fun with Mario 2 than you could ever have with Mario 1. Yeah, well, okay, well, definitely with the Mario 1. Like, But if, if, I'm not saying it's better than Mario 3. I'm not trying to start a controversy. Mario 3 is a huge game with a lot to it, you know. I'm, uh-huh. I'm, I'm not going there, but I just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of unique qualities to this game that, that really uh, go, get to me. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. Like, because you have a lot of, like, each level, even though they're they're not necessarily that long, you know, it's like, there's a lot of different things to do, you know, where's the potions, where can you find, where's the best place to use them, can you find the mushrooms, do you have to find a key, who's the best character, you know, all these things, like, every, every piece of grass is something to check out, there's pipes to go down, you know, there's just a lot of things to check out in each level. Oh, I agree entirely. And this game introduces a ton of concepts and characters that are mainstays of the Mario series. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is the first time we encounter Birdo, uh, Pokies, Shy Guys, Bombs. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many of the standard enemies, characters, racers in Mario Kart now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, Mario Tennis. You could, could be Shy Guy in there, right? You could indeed. And this is the first Toad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Toad appeared in the other ones as a... Well, those were like mushroom retainers, so I just assumed they the court, weren't. But this is a character. He's a, a, a part of the team. He's that character that's going to appear in all the Marios from this point on. Sure, sure. And, I mean, this is also inextricably linked with me with the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, which yeah. was a, was an interesting thing because it's a, a mixture of Mario Super Mario Brothers 1 and 2 uh, things. And live action with a professional wrestler as Mario. Captain Lou Albano. Yes. Uh, now I know tiny of... rubber bands in his beard and all. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's a weird show, but um, I actually kind of like it. I, I didn't get to watch it a lot as a kid, but so going back on Netflix, oh, it's hilarious. I watched it every day. I it wasn't available for me, so uh, it was Fox Forty Five. Ooh, jealous man. And get Zelda on Fridays. Yes, but that, that's something I think is cheesy and kind of fun to go back to. But so a lot of people like to give Toad guff, I guess, for the weird voice that he has. You know, the gravelly kind of spunky little guy. But I really like it. Yeah, like better than the wimpy voice they give him in Mario Kart and other things. Oh I, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and I will say it's definitely better than most of the uh, cheesy sidekick characters from '80s cartoons mm-hmm. or early '90s cartoons, where it was just kind of like the. <laughs> Well, Nick, here we are. It's time to take this game level by level. Let's do it. And of course, since it's Mario, we start with World 1, Level 1. Yes, sir. One of the best first levels ever, I think. Definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, it's real interesting because, you know, you don't start at the left. You're not going to the right. The beginning of this level really mixes up the Mario formula. Sure. Because right off the bat, you exit a door, and you're falling. Yeah, I like to think, you know, in the story, you went up this stairway, so it's like you open the door, and then... Tumble right out. Joke's on you, sucker. Yeah, and uh, you fall down, and you're on this giant hill. Yeah. On this hill, there are shy guys, your first time encountering them. Mm -hmm. And luckily, there's no falling damage in this game, so you don't have to worry about that. No. You know, never for Mario. He's, He's too tough. Yeah, yeah. And this is a little area where you can explore the pick-up and throw mechanic. Mm -hmm. And there's a vegetable in the ground. So you can practice picking up and throwing the vegetable at enemies as well. It also introduces the wraparound, like certain uh, mostly vertical levels. If you, you know, head off the right screen, you'll come in the left, uh, a la Kid Icarus. Yep. 
And then, you know, this level is a great introduction. It slowly introduces you to many of the enemies in the game. A lot of the concepts, the radishes thrown at the enemies to destroy them. You have your first potion. Yeah, it introduces... I mean, this game is very different than the other Mario games and really any other game that I had played or Mm -hmm. have played really on the NES. So uh, it does kind of have a lot to show you and it does it all pretty well. Yeah, and in these early stages you can pretty much use your potion right where you get it. And that will show you a a mushroom if you go through that door. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, it's also one of the first areas that you'll see, uh, like, that, you know, you get your power block right away with some enemies and you can see how that rolls. You'll definitely get your first star and uh, probably in a a heart, you know? Yeah. And you also are treated to the first branching path. You know, you can go into a building. Mm -hmm. You go into a doorway. And once you're in that doorway, there's a couple ways you can go. Or if you're me, you never even go in that doorway. Oh, do you try to skip it and do the jump up? Like, Oh, yeah. So if you can, you want to take your very first potion all the way to the end of this level. And, well, not the end of the level per se, but the end of the first part of the stage. Right. Past the doors and where you would be using the second potion Mm -hmm. that way you can double up and there's so many radishes to pull that you'll get tons of coins you can really load up here uh especially with toad yeah and you know i did start using toad here and uh what happens is you get so many that it no longer uh, reflects your coins with numbers but (laughs) instead with letters yeah it's only got one digit so over 10 then you start getting a b did you ever get past the alphabet did you get that many coins ever no i I don't think that's possible well there is a glitch you can do where if you die in the coin world Mm-hmm. And when you start the level over, you will start with the coins you had gotten, but all of them will be back. Oh, okay. So you can go through and get more than you normally could in a level, but you are losing lives to do it. So it's kind of a balancing act there. I see, I see. Well, um, if you decide to go through the door, it's uh, you get a kind of, you know, like you said, the split path. There is a waterfall. You can jump over to the left and bomb through some stuff to take a shortcut right to the first uh, Birdo mini boss. Mm-hmm. Oh, but this is uh, right before the door, you know, the shortcut to Birdo is a little area where you drop the bombs and there's a shy guy that gets trapped down there usually. And I always murder him. I like to watch the bomb like ticking away and he's just left and right going away. It can't get out. He's screwed. I, I don't know what that says about me, but and I, I think other cartridge commandos might do the same. Let me know if you hate shy guys like me. All right. Well, uh, after you guys get done murdering that shy guy, if you took that path, you are now behind the Birdo. Right. But if you didn't, then you'll come out by all the grass tufts and stuff. And then if you, you know, past them is a vine that you climb up to, uh, you know, another little vertical kind of area where you're climbing up vines, landing on clouds. Yeah, this whole area is giving you um, a real taste for the verticality that you'll find in this, this new Mario game. Yeah, which I think is important that they, you know, aside from just the fall at the beginning, you know, they really, you know, because some of these levels are heavily vertical. So this, uh, you know, sets the, sets the tone. It does. And then you get to the top. And you have your first encounter with a mini-boss, the dreaded Birdo. Birdo, a pink Birdo. They do change colors as we go. And they have slightly different powers. This one just shoots eggs. Correct. Pretty and slowly. Yeah, and you just uh, you hop on them, and you'll kind of ride them yeah, if, if you don't do anything. But if you do, you can just pick them up, and then you can use them as a weapon to hurt Birdo. Yeah, and you kind of have to, at least at this one. Later, there'll be obstacles that you can throw as well, but for now, it's all eggs. Yeah, and you know... If you are Toad, your goal is probably to jump on the egg and then throw it at him before you hit the ground. Right. That's one of those little things you like to do. Well, since you pick him up so fast, you can... You kill him. He uh, 
gives you an orb, some sort of gem. Yeah, like, I always thought it looks like it's in his stomach. Yeah, me too. You know? It's kind of weird. I think it's backed up by some things later on in the game, but, uh, you know, it pops out, the and crystal ball. unlocks the door. The creepy eagle mouth door. You know, some people really find this door to be really creepy, but I love it. I mean, I think it's cool, but it's just like, what? And it has that weird noise when it swallows I you. I love that weird noise. And the saddest part is we really try to get a lot of the great noises from these games to use in between segments. And we could not find a copy of this sound that didn't sound weird to us. It's very elusive. It was. So, you know, just in your mind, think about it. <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful noise and visual as you are eaten by this bizarre black eagle head. And then you move on to the next level. Yeah. I mean, you do get your first bonus chance afterwards where you spend your coins for possible extra lives. Yeah. Which is, you know, 100% luck. Yeah. I never got any, you know, I heard, I remember reading somewhere online where they're like, if you keep pressing your button as soon as it enters, you, you can get a cherry every time. But I could not. So No, I got two cherries in a row and that was the best on my last uh, series of playthroughs. If you get lucky, I mean... It's so random. Sometimes I'll come into this with like 14 coins and I'll walk away with nothing. Yeah. Sometimes five, six men. Yeah, it is it is definitely a crapshoot. Now, World 1-2 is going to be a lot more horizontal. Yeah, you're still in this, uh, you know, the green pastures or whatever. and But right away you're introduced to the, uh, the pidget that rides a flying carpet. Yeah, you knock him off. And now it's your ride. Oh, yeah. It's a whole new world, baby. <laughs> and you are flying across this big old gap. And what are those little uh, those little creatures? The Bezos? Bezos. Oh, yeah. They'll be around. Jeff Bezos <laughs> himself. flies down. And uh, they're a little annoying, but not too rough in this part. You just got to stay on the move. No. Because they'll, like, level off when they reach your latitude. So mm -hmm. you, you just... They start moving horizontal, and you can just duck or, or fly down a little bit and just get past them. Now... You can jump on a Bezo, and if you run the direction it's flying, you will stay on top of it. Yeah, it's, it's trickier than the egg. You can't just get there. It's like you have to land and keep running, and it's it's a little harder, but it's doable. It is, and that is the key to carrying this uh, first potion to the end of the level. you got to jump on uh -huh. one of them. You run on it. It flies across some gaps, and it's high enough for you to jump onto a platform that you would normally have to go through a door to get to. Mm, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And again, this is a place to double up on all those coins early on, trying to get as many lives as you can. Now, maybe you're not doing that. Maybe you use the potion right here. You get your mushroom. Boom, boom. Well, you've got a door to get through, but it's locked. How do you get through it? There aren't pipes in this level. Instead, there are vases. Yeah, we're yeah, like... I. I frequently call them tubes. I don't know. I wish, I feel like that would have been an easy thing. They could have just made it, make it look like the green pipes for Mario. Would well, have been problem, that hard. It, the problem with that is, is that once you go into the vase or vase or whatever you want to say, <laughs> vase, I'm going to stick with vases. Go once you it. go down in that vase, it is now vase shaped the whole level. Yeah. You're in, you're inside it. You're like in the pot and uh, inside the first one is a one up and a bird, but the second one has a key. Yes, and the mysterious Phantos that guard it. Yes. Now, when you pick up the key, a Phantos will come alive and chase you around. Now, if you drop the key, he will ignore you for a while. Or, you can't. can you hit him with the key? No, I don't think you can hit him with anything. But you can hit any enemy in your way with a key. So, just run. Run with that key, throw it into an enemy, and if the, the Phantos 
Yeah, if they even catch up with you, you just you just drop it and chill. He'll go away. And... Now inside that door, you have a room that is your first encounter with all the bombs. Not just the one bomb. You have a whole bunch of bombs to blow through a series of walls. Yeah, you're doing some real demolition here. Um, if you want to get the, I mean, you can kind of pass most of it if you just skip up to the top, and then there's a, a mushroom over to the right. You have to remove some blocks first to get to it, but not tough. No. And then at the end of this area, you'll see uh, the ninjis for the first time. Yeah, they're, they can help you in certain areas because you can ride on them and they jump. So they'll jump and then you can jump off them to get some height. You can use that at the end here. Or with most people, I think you can power squat and make the, the jump. Indeed. Now you come out that door and this is where I would use the potion. And then above you is another potion you can use. But at the end of this tube, another door. And through it is another pink Birdo. Yep, back to Birdo. You're going to see a lot of these. Yep, and no different. Three eggs to the face, and boom, you've got the gym. You go through the bird, and now you are in world one, level three. Yeah, the final one. Um, Each world is divided into three, so we're uh, still uh, in grasslands here. But this is a pretty uh, waterfall-y level, and you'll see a lot of the logs here you have to jump on. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of cherries in this stage, too. So there's a, a quite a few opportunities to go invincible. Right, but you also want to be careful because I frequently get my fifth cherry while I'm in subcon. Yeah, and then it's a big waste yeah, of time. you'll see that uh, star coming up, and you're like, ah, oh, crap, well. Agreed. Now, if you do want another um, mushroom, you're going to have to wait and use that potion till about halfway through the level where you find uh, you know, a big row of uh, vegetables in a row. And this is also where you'll probably get your first stopwatch. Oh, sure. Yeah, there's a lot of veggies out here. Indeed. And uh, like we said earlier, it's every fifth one gives you a stopwatch. So well, the fifth the ripe one. Ripe one, the big ones. Yeah. So I was very confused. I would just randomly get one here in this level. Yeah, it stops the, you know, you see the fish jumping up and down. Um, You can jump on them as well to, you know, make your way over the water. The, the stopwatch will freeze them in air making little platforms, but the jumps aren't that bad, so... No, they are not at all. And at the very end of this first part of the level is a tube or vase or whatever we're calling it. <laughs> and if you use the potion in front of it and then jump in it while you're in subcon, this is the first warp. Yeah, that's how the, the warps work here is the, the tubes have to be entered in subcon. Uh, well, not in any of them, but just certain ones. Um, so that's kind of an experimental exploration thing you can do. Now, if you don't go to Subcon and warp to the future worlds, you are going into, well, what's kind of like a dungeon or the castle yeah. of this world. I wrote castles, how I referred to most of these, or towers, but... And what you have to do is get to the top to get a key, and then take that key all the way down to the bottom to unlock a door. This is one where, you know, you're, you're just falling down and trying to... The, the Fanto will be chasing you, and you're just dodging him all the way down, but it's, you know, again, not, not as bad as it may seem. No, not at all. You encounter a few of those uh, weird sparky creatures that, uh, you know, are your standard hug the side of a platform and move around it. Yeah. And at the end of this area, you've got your first real boss. I yes. mean, there is a... Uh, gym and a door to go through. Yeah, you might no... think you're getting off easy. No Birdo, but no. Birdo. no. Nope, you fall down into a room with Mauser. Yeah, which I love in the Mario Brothers Super Show how they made him a German. Yeah. Which, I mean, Mauser is Germany sounding. Or... Well, it's a German gun. Yeah, yeah. So, but this Mauser, uh, is he wearing sunglasses? Yes, it looks like, yeah, sunglasses, which is hilarious as well. Uh, he is super cool. Now, you have to bomb your way into him or 
wait for him to bomb his way out to you. He throws a lot of bombs. And in fact, in the manual, they refer to him as the bomber of bad dreams and that he's proud and doesn't believe that it's just a mouse. Wow. You know, I don't even know what to say to that, but I do know that it takes three bombs and he's gone. Oh, I have four. Oh, maybe it is four. I don't, he's really easy because you can pick them up once he throws them. Or you can intercept them in the air if you jump underneath one and then just chuck it and or set it on the platform. Yeah, a couple more hits, boom, he's gone. And then at the end of the world, you do not have to pick up an orb. Is that correct? Right, yeah, it's just a magic like door appears in the, in the room and you go through that and you're set. In between each world, that is when you can change your characters. Right, and... Uh, I usually, you know, now we're in, we're heading towards world two, which is a, a desert world. So the desert. I tend to prefer toad for these because for the digging levels. Right. And you know, like you said, world two, one, you're in the desert right off the bat. You find the cobrat. Yeah. Cobrats are around. Uh, you'll see it's, I mean, graphically they're, they're, I mean, they're not amazing, but it's pretty cool themed. Like you'll see some pyramids. There's those rib cages on the ground. Yeah, there's a couple new uh, vases to explore. Nothing too crazy. You'll see quicksand, which uh, is a little interesting. Yeah, you'll you'll fall down in it, and you kind of have to hop up out rapidly. But not too deadly. You can ride cobrats over it; they don't seem to fall. But if you throw a shy guy into it, he'll struggle up and down as he slowly is swallowed up. Like you'll see him moving left and right. It's so funny to see him squirming. Yeah. You really love killing those uh, shy guys. Well, they just make it so worthwhile. Well, this whole level is pretty straightforward. Not a lot going on until you get to the very end and you find a door into a pyramid. And that's where you'll start the, the first digging sequence. Yeah. And the way that works is there are multiple lines down and you can walk left and right on each line. To get to the one below you, you have to dig down one and then you can go back and forth on it. And you can always, if you're digging down, whenever you jump up, you'll just stop at the level. You don't fall back down if, unless there's a pit there. Like, you'll just, you can jump, you can go back out very quickly. Right. And if you're digging straight down, any enemy that walks across, though, and falls into that hole will fall right on you. Yeah, you, you kind of juggle it as they're moving left and right. Uh, it's, it's not too bad. No. And at the bottom of this, there is another door. That door leads to yet another pink birdo. And, yeah, take him down and... You're off to World 2-2. World 2-2, you are still in the desert. Yeah, you start off in a cave, which is, I mean, kind of neat. I think that's a little continuity there where you're right. like, we went down and now I come out of this cave and uh, we're back to the desert. Now, all of the pots in this level have a weird smiley face in them. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, right. yeah, the pattern or yeah, the yeah. background. <laughs> and, um, you know, this one, pretty straightforward for the first half. You're going to encounter a lot a lot of those uh, snake dudes, the cobrats. And then the second half of this level is, of course, more digging. Yeah, you uh, you take a vine down to the, uh, the sandy area and just keep digging all the way down. It splits. You want to head to the right, I think? Yeah, because if you go to the left, it's nothing. You're just going to have to jump all the way back up again. Joke's on you. And this time, at the end of the level, you fight. Oh, wait, it's still a pink birdo. But now you have some mushroom blocks to help you. Yeah, you can throw those around and they will he will take damage from them as just like an egg. And those will also block uh the Birdo's eggs and most enemies uh their attacks or them. Yeah, they're very useful in uh this and future battles. Now, you take Birdo out, you take his belly gem, you pry open the mouth of that weird bird, crawl through it, and you are in the final stage of World 2. Yeah, and once again here you're kind of underground, you climb up a ladder 
to uh, the actual desert place. Uh, I think the the mushrooms right over to your left. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is another area where you want to ride. You can ride those bezos to an elevated door where there's some a lot of keys in there. Or I mean, sorry, coins. Yeah, and another mushroom. Yes. So, and you're gonna want that mushroom because you know the first part of this level not too rough. No. Uh, now, is this the first time we see? The pokey? It might be. Um, that's a very uh, classic Mario enemy that got to start here. Yeah. Uh, you get past that pokey. Then you're going into another pyramid. Mm-hmm. And this one is all dropping at first. There's no digging. You just fall. Yeah. You, there's this kind of weird split path down there. You fall down, head to the left, and fall. Yeah. You have to go all the way to the bottom to get a key to come back to the middle. If you manage to do that, you'll work your way through another um, side-scrolling area. You know, you'll have some shy guys, some more digging, a couple more of these snakes. And of course, once again, just sitting out is the belly gym. Yeah, so you know, you're in for some trouble now. And you are. You crawl through the mouth of that bird. And oh man, what a crazy enemy. Yeah, the three-headed snake triclide. Yes, you're fighting the triclide. Now, if you are like Nick and myself, whenever we mention the names of these creatures, you can hear their horrible, horrible voice acting from the <laughs> Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Oh, I'm I sure Triclide had like a New York accent. I wouldn't be surprised. They made some some very uh, interesting choices there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was like the most stereotypical one you can imagine. But uh, <laughs> he shoots fireballs at you. A lot of them. Yeah, what you need to do is use those mushroom blocks to make a little shield for yourself. Yeah, you can uh, build a little wall. I mean, there's two platforms, and they're kind of distributed between the two, and you can easily build a wall that will block his shots while he's still off screen, and then just keep hopping up to the top level and throwing the other blocks. Yeah, and you hit him with a few blocks. Yeah, he's only three. Only three. Only three. But he seems a lot harder than he is. You set up your defenses right, you can burn right through them. If you try to do it without building a wall first, it can be really tough, because he does blast a lot of fire at you. Yeah. But if you do build that wall and you make it through him, you're going to be transported to World 3-1. Which is kind of, you're back to some more grassy area at first. You Very know? traditional Mario looking until you make it to this super giant waterfall. Huge waterfall. Yeah. And this is, you know, one of the first areas that really makes it hard to get up. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a more of a, you know, you have a vertical um, area there, but you can right away, if you fall down, there's an island at the bottom of this waterfall you can land on that will give you, uh, there's a potion down there and tons of coins. Yeah. Is that, is that where the warp to world? Yeah, it's a secret room down there. And in that cave, there is a ton of coins, but also if you use your potion and go through that, that vase, you will be warped to world five. Yeah. So there's another secret warp. But most of us had forgotten about that and instead had to climb vertically up the series of clouds. Uh, you do get yourself a magic carpet and you get to fly up the, the latter half of this stage, avoiding any of the little uh, bezos. Mm -hmm. So at the top, there is a shortcut to the left that will take you right to the backstage of the boss area. I'm pretty sure you have to be Princess or Luigi to get that. It's a big jump that you, I don't know if you can even see the cloud from you know, where you, where you sit, where you're standing. So you just have to leap of faith. Well, I usually am Luigi. So it works out great for me. <laughs> uh, if you don't, you'll just make your way to the right, you know, deal with a few enemies, nothing too rough. There is a few randomly placed uh, mushroom blocks here that would make you think you're going to fight a boss or something, but you're not. Now there is a tricky part where, um, the path kind of splits with these, there's an upper level area when you get into the rocky part and mm -hmm. you might want to go get a, a mushroom, but I say skip it because it's 
that stupid flower, the panzers. That shoots out all the little fireballs. If you get down there and then like whatever you do it, go into subcon, you come back and he's up there. Like, I don't know how you can get up that ladder without taking at least one hit. So I got caught there and lost a lot of life. So I recommend just skip it. Just skip it. Go straight to the door at the end of the level where you find a new birdo. Yes, the red birdo. And what makes the red birdo so different than the pink birdo? Well, sometimes, instead of spitting eggs, he will shoot fireballs. Whoa. Yeah, you can't throw those back. No, but you can jump over them, and that's all you have to do. Otherwise, he's pretty much as easy as the birdos you fought before. Yeah, you just wait for some eggs. Well, I'm done waiting for my eggs. I've gotten them all, thrown them right back in his face, taken that belly gym, gone through the crazy bird door, and now we're in 3-2. So yeah, 3-2 is another, you know, we're kind of in a... A grassy area and you're heading to the right but you can see um some like kind of caverns or whatever underneath you that you can't quite get access to yet yeah it's really cool that they play with you that way it really reminds me of pitfall oh i see that a hundred percent you know what i mean where mm-hmm. it's like you head to the right then you'll head down and then you're kind of heading back left you know the direction you came but there's actually a third level below it that you're interacting with going up and down ladders but you know most of what you find in this level is kind of a rehash of what you've seen before. Yeah, nothing nothing too I think fancy. The only new thing you're going to find is uh some porcupos. You do see some um at, at the end in the the mushroom room. And is this the first time we see the ostro, the ostrich riding um mm, maybe? I think so. It's definitely in World 3. Yeah, there's a shy guy that rides an ostrich. If you knock him off, you then can ride the ostrich. Later it will come in handy because he can run over spikes. Yes. Yes. After all that excitement, the end of this level, it's just another Red Birdo. Yep. Nothing too crazy. You've dealt with this before. You can handle it, and you will handle it. And when you do, you will be in the last level of World 3. And this one starts much like the other two. You are just in this grassy world. Mm-hmm. Nothing crazy at all. No. Until you go through that first door. Into the, the tower-ish level? Yes. And it is like you're going up a giant tower. I mean, it's not like you are. You totally are. (laughs) There is a lot of up in this level. And it's interesting, I think, where, you know, you start at the beginning and um, there's like three doors. You know, you're moving uh, horizontally and you can encounter these three doors and they all go to different seemingly areas, but they're actually connected vertically. Yeah. You just can't trespass certain areas, even with Luigi. So it doesn't really matter which one you take as long as when you get to the top, you get go through the door and then keep moving up. Yeah, yeah, and you'll encounter a room that I call the Spark Gauntlet um, at the top where they really have a ton of those guys moving around and you're just trying to jump past them, and it it can be kind of tricky. Yeah, you need to channel your inner Metroid, (laughs) and uh, you can make your way to the very top. And if you do, now you're on top of the tower. On top of the world. You have to make your way past a few ninjas, and once again, by itself, the Belly Gem. Uh Uh-oh. Which means you're going to fight a boss. Sadly, not too new of a boss. No, it's Mauser's back. Yeah, but this time he's bluer than ever. Yeah, and uh, he takes five hits now, but yeah. otherwise not much is different. Are there any um, there's some grass in the ground? or No, but there's uh, those little spark guys moving around the board to oh, kind of right. keep you on your toes. But otherwise it's just, you know, catching and throwing. Yeah, very easy. Very. And you take out Mauser for the second time, which puts you firmly in World 4-1. The Ice World. The Ice World. Now, this is where, as a child, I 
learn to love Princess Peach. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, there are many other games, especially in ice levels, where I'm like, man, if I just had Princess, this would be way easier because you can really just float over all the slippery parts. Yeah. Or if you, you know, are about to go off, you just jump and slide. Mm-hmm. Or even if you're not going to jump, you can still just tap and whatever. All that matters is use Princess here. She's sure. the best. <laughs> you get to meet a lot of new enemies like the uh, the flurries, which are the little snowball men. They come at you pretty quickly. Yeah. Pretty uh, avoidable. And I think it's interesting the way they kind of slide on the ice as well as you. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. The fish here, you know, you've seen them before. Not that bad. But what you haven't seen is what most people remember about these stages. It's one of people of our age, their favorite <laughs> Mario things that's never returned. And that's the rocket. Yeah, the rocket. The big white and blue, or I'm sorry, white and red rocket. Yeah, it is a very classic, chibiized version of that retro space rocket. And for some reason, you pull it out of the ground, you pop into it, and it just takes you like one level up. It's barely <laughs> useful. I, I wondered why. I'm like, couldn't this have just been a vine? What was the, what made that make that decision? You know, it's it's similar to the boot in Mario 3. <laughs> yeah. It's there just for your sheer enjoyment, not I because guess. it... It needs to be. Now, after you take that rocket up, this is where you encounter the um, the shy guys riding their auto bombs. Yeah, there's a you have kind of an enemy rush here, and uh, as you'll realize as you complete it, there's no Birdo. It's just uh, I think this is the first one where it's just a ton of uh, regular enemies coming at you, mostly shy guys on those auto bombs. Yeah, and uh, I don't know why, but as a kid, I always thought those were studio cameras. <laughs> It like does kind of a TV station. It looks like one. <laughs> it does, and that's all I can think about it. Even though I realize it's supposed to be like a cannon on wheels, right? Because it does shoot fire. It does, but man, I don't know. Everything else about it looks like it's from Studio M. <laughs> Regardless, at the end of the stage, you pick up that gym, you walk through that mouth, and now you're in World Four, Level Two. This is where it gets real. Yeah, you get this. Uh... Is it right away where you have the I, the Bezo rush? When well, like... you go up a, a vine, and then, yeah, right away is just a nonstop rush of Bezos. And this is when Princess really shines in my oh. book. Yeah, yeah, you can fly right over a lot of this if you if you choose to. Yeah, and if you don't, it's really not as hard as it seems. They come in a set pattern, so and you, you can, like, jump, duck, jump, duck. Yeah, it's just mainly ducking and jumping. There's not a lot going to be hitting you um, on any other level. Also, uh, towards the end of this level is the first time we get to see the whales. The whales. And the whales are platforms that you're jumping across. Yeah, you can jump on their backs or their tails. And they do shoot out a little water from their blowhole, and that will lift you from the platform they are on to a higher tier of platforms. If you run into the side of this stream, it will hurt you, though. Oh, it will. So beware. I really love the effect of it, too, when it turns off and the water falls. Yeah, it kind of... Disintegrates. Or... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. For some reason, that blew my my childhood mind. <laughs> now, this is another area that you want to use the princess in because there's so many long gaps and jumps that having that hover ability just makes it way easier. Yeah, she makes it a breeze. Um, you can get a warp to world six in this level. Yep, it's like kind of in the middle. You you have to. There's a a, a vase or a tube that's underneath the platform you're walking. You have to get a potion and and head back. Yeah, but if you don't. You get to take your second rocket. Mm-hmm. And this is the aforementioned place where you have to ride on top of the uh, Studio M camera. Yeah, to... there's a spiky area. Yeah, and if you don't, you well, there's no other way to cross it. You just have to ride this thing. Maybe if you get a star, you might be able to haul, haul ass across. I don't know. It's right. not that hard to just do it, so. No, and at the end of it is a door that leads you to 
Yet another Red Birdo. Yep, another Red Birdo. Take him down. Take him down to Birdo Town. <laughs> and once you have, you will be in the final level of World 4. Yes, sir. And you are confronted with a Birdo right away. Yeah. Should you destroy this Birdo? Uh, not this time. No. You need this Birdo. You will see a huge gap to the right. There is a, a mushroom hidden over to the left. There's yep. a potion up there. But you basically have to ride the egg across a huge gap. Yeah, it's a really cool little uh, twist on what you've been dealing with so far. Yeah, they, they use a mechanic creatively. Now, not as creatively as the second part of this level. The two towers. Yeah, and it is, uh, well, it's like the towers you encountered the first time, only now with ice. Yeah, you're, they're long. You have to go all the way up one and then what, back down the right? You go up the left tower, cross over, and go down the right tower. Yeah, and going up that left tower, man, that's a that's a bit of a... A, a long haul. Well, this is another area where the princess will really shine because you can skip both of these towers by just flying between the platforms on the outside. Yeah, and that is my favorite thing to do with her. And I forgot that this time when I was playing through, and it wasn't until I was looking back, I was like, wait a minute, because these, these are pretty long and arduous towers. Yeah, yeah. They are much more fun to skip, I can, I can assure you of that. <laughs> yeah. Now, at the end, of course, a free-floating by itself orb you take it and whoa we are now encountered our third boss yes new boss here fry guy fry guy is a fire head yeah fire face he flies around does he drop fire at you when he's just flying or he's just trying to hit you right at, at the beginning at the beginning he's just trying to hit you but once you've uh, taken a couple hits on him he will split into some smaller pieces of fire yeah there's like Four or five uh, mushroom blocks in the room that you use to throw at him or drop on him. Mm -hmm. And after the third hit, that's when, yeah, he splits into four. And those all only take one hit, but they can be a real pain. Now, the best way to take care of them, though, while you're attacking him in his first form, you want to attack him from the middle and build a wall yeah. of those uh, mushroom blocks. Because the little tiny ones can't jump over a gap more than too high. Yeah, so if you get it three or higher, then you can keep them separated on one side and stand on top and, and just drop mushrooms on them. Just drop mushrooms on them. And uh, the little guys, not too hard. The big guy, he can be a little bit of a pain. You might get hit once or twice. You just use patience and remember that the screen wraps. So. Yeah, that's the big key. You're going to want to run to the opposite side he is, and the easiest way is to pop through the edge of the screen. Mm-hmm. If you can extinguish the flame of Fry Guy, then you will be transported to World 5 1. Now, um, it's it, night. Yeah, it's a nighttime level. Kind of like, what was it, World 3 and the first Super Mario Brothers? Yeah, and I'm always a fan of these night levels. Yeah, I, I love it because I just think it's really cool looking where everything's lit up, but it's night. Yeah, and it just mixes it up a little bit. Now, what I'm not as big a fan of is all the jumping across these waterfalls. Yeah, you get, you're back to another um, log slash uh, trouter scenario. Yeah, you're jumping across a lot of fish in this one. And that's pretty tricky because it's a real small uh, area to land on. This is a good place for Luigi or Princess. Definitely. Uh, Luigi can literally jump over most of the gaps that the fish take <laughs> up. So, you know, just do it. Take the leap. And then... You know, at the very end of this level is like a little tricky spot where they taunt you with a mushroom that you'll probably never get. Oh, the one that falls from above? Yeah, yeah. yeah you have to like jump on one of those logs right at the edge at the very top and you can jump on the top of the screen and head to the right and then... That's a Luigi trick. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I never messed with it. 
Yeah, it's kind of a bummer though, because you see it, and man, do you want it? Because right through that door is your third encounter with a new Birdo. Oh, the Gray Birdo. Gray Birdo. And what makes Gray Birdo so different than Red Birdo? Well, he only shoots fire, right? Yeah, and you have to use the mushroom block that is in the room. He's got one Just solo. one in this yeah. one, so it's it can be a little rough. To me, this is the point where the game really starts presenting a challenge to you. Not pl- playtime's over. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm not going to lie. I died at this boss, I think, at least once. It can take a little while. If he falls off his little platform, you can usually use that as kind of a safe spot to yeah. hide with your block. But you'll have to go back down after it, so it's going to be uh, tough either way. Either way. But you know what? You can do it. We did it. Yes. And we know you will, too. And if you do, then you'll be in World 5, too. Yeah, we got some neat uh, different, you know, you got some palm trees here. Uh, a lot of those little hoopers that climb up, would crawl up and down the trees and vines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those things always remind me of uh, Sonic. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. They just have that weird Sonic shape to them. I don't know, like a lot of the enemies from that. I gotcha. Yeah. Either way, you know. No, it's the ladybug robots. Yeah, right? that's what it is. Yeah. And, you know, this level just reintroduces a lot of the things you've seen in the past three or four. Sure. Adding those ladybugs climbing up and down. And a few of them you have to use as an elevator. Mm-hmm to get to a higher area to jump from or whatnot. But it's no trickier than the fish. Not really. In fact, it's easier because they don't go off the screen. Yeah, true. And then towards the end of the level, you'll think, maybe I'm done. No, no, you're not. You're going to be climbing a very, very tall vine. Yeah, there's a lot of verticality here. And you go up a couple screens worth until you, you get to the top. There's a door to the right. And then you find yourself on a little bridge with a pow block in the middle. You pick up that pow block, and you've got nothing to stand on, literally. Yeah, you're falling. And the edges of this area have spikes on them. So you're going to want to, well, you can see the bottom, so it's not too hard. Yeah, and the spikes aren't one-hit kills. No. So as long as you're not tiny, you should be able to make it through here. It's a little memorization, but it's not rough. No, no. Now, at the bottom, there are some fish and some little gaps, so you want to be careful you don't fall straight through into the water. Yeah, I usually hug the right side. That's where the door is, correct? Yeah. That way you don't have to deal with those fish. You go through that door, but what's there to greet you? A red birdo. A red birdo and a fish. Yeah, so now you can throw the fish as well as the eggs at the birdo. Indeed, but the fish is close to him, so it's kind of dangerous. I've tried to use the fish, and I got hit once. If he happens to be, like, right there sometimes, but usually, I mean, the eggs are easy enough. And you're on on a little bridge with a gap in it, so sometimes it's not worth it to take chances. I agree entirely, because you want to get through here. You want to defeat that Birdo. You want to find what lies in World 5-3. And what does lie in World 5-3? Well, you start in kind of a cave... And then you find yourself in more of this dark grassland, except, watch out, there's some birds overhead. And they are dropping bombs like crazy. Yeah, so you gotta hottail it through that area. Now, one thing to be said is the Warped World 7 is right at the beginning here. Um, I believe there's a, uh, I'm not sure if the potion's right up there. It is. You can, everyone will have to basically go to the right and then ride one of those birds, the Alba tosses back over to get in it, mm. unless you're Luigi, who can just power jump up, and you can just skip the whole level if you want. Nice. 
otherwise you're in for a crap ton of demolitions like this it gets crazy they keep dropping these bombs and they're blowing up like that you get five six of them on the screen at once it can be pretty harrowing yeah because when they explode you know it does make a big pow type shake mm-hmm. it's just unsettling and um, like i said just numbers man you just want to keep running and try to blast through this as fast as possible yeah you definitely do uh and if you can make it through all of these bombs you make it through the underground part the above ground part now you're in well what looks like a giant vase see i had interpreted this as being inside the tree that the door was in because everything's kind of woodeny but uh you know either way oh it's... i can see that being wood yeah yeah, I mean, eh, it doesn't really matter either way. It's just kind of neat because it's like you start uh, at the bottom and work your way up. Well, you start your, in the middle and you work way kind of down and then up again. Oh, yeah. You have to do a little loop. Yeah, you go down and then up the the left. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This one does have a lot of areas where you can loop through the sides. Right. Makes it a little easier in my book. Yeah, when you get to the part where there's kind of steps uh, mm-hmm. step platforms and then you have those moving panzers that are shooting fireballs and stuff like the if if you couldn't uh, wrap around it'd be a real nightmare no and if you've got luigi right now you are just boom tearing up through this oh, area yeah most of the vertical areas he really shines he does you make it to the top and there's a door and you go through this door and now i guess you know if i'm following the logic correctly you are in the treetops that's how i always looked at it it definitely right? makes a lot more sense now because you're up there, it's stark, there's not a lot to do, there's a few platforms, and you've got to take a ride on that magic carpet again. Yes, sir. You go to the right with it, and there's a few Shy Guys, a Bezos, but at the end of this area, there is a Red Birdo. So, yeah, you got to fight him. Once again, old trusty eggs. Now, I know what you're thinking, guys. Shouldn't there just be a belly gym sitting by itself? You might think so. But they're not going to take it easy on you from this point on. No. You beat that Birdo, you go through the bird's mouth, Whoa, now you're at the real boss. Yeah, Claw Grip, a big crab. Yes, and what a crab he is. He's a rock-throwing crab. Got a little supply of rocks behind him that he's going to toss at you. Yeah, he just throws them around and you uh, just throw them back, kind of. Yeah, it's kind of random, but I, you know, I, I find him easier than the, the fireball people. Yeah, he's not too bad. Uh, you know, it's kind of like Mauser where you try to you know catch them intercept them and stuff but yeah you're using the 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 enemy's thrown projectiles against themselves so yeah five of those and he is history you destroy this crab fiend and you are transported straight into the deserts of world six one yeah back to uh, another uh desert level yeah, and the first half of this is really a lot of rehash of that first area. Yeah, just more quicksand, etc. Now, what gets crazy, though, is once you go through that first door, and you're going to be presented with a whole bunch of vases. Tons of them. And, and depending on which ones you go in, they can take you to some of the same places. But what you're ultimately trying to do is find the one with the key in it. Right. And it's really just a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. Once you do find that key, though, don't go down any more vases. Just run to the right. <laughs> Because that's where that locked door is that takes you to the green birdo. Yeah, it's green now. And is that just fireballs again, like the gray? Is there any difference? Uh, I think it might take more hits, or the fireballs might be faster. Okay, okay. I, I, I thought maybe it would do something different than the gray, but they seemed about the same to me. Now, if you can defeat that green birdo, which we know you can, you will move right along to World 6-2. Again, starting in like a cave. Mm-hmm. Got to make your way to a door. You do, and you find yourself, whoa, in a vast, wide-open, dark area. Yeah, you have to 
fly over a chasm on the albatrosses. Yeah, and what a chasm it is. This is a hard level. Yeah, this is probably the hardest part of the game so far. Oh, definitely, because you, you only you're over a pit. You're gonna die if you fall. If you screw up, you gotta you gotta get this right. Yeah, and there are little Bezos out there mm-hmm. trying to get you. They are gonna try to knock you off. So are other albatrosses. Yeah, you and you might have to jump and switch birds several times. You might. You will have to do that. I'm sure Luigi and Princess are uh, preferable here. Princess, to be fair, would probably be the best. Now, let's say you manage to make it through this harrowing gauntlet of jumps over the endless chasm. If you can, you will find another green birdo. And just take care of that bad boy like before. This one, there are two mushroom blocks there, which will make it a bit easier for you. Right, right. I would like to use them as a shield. Yeah, if you set it up that way. Uh, But, you know, find out what works best for you so that you can defeat the Birdo and move on to 6-3. Another desert, but uh, you start off underground, right? Yes. So at the top of the ladder, out of this room, there is some quicksand on your left. And it's odd because it's going underneath a mountain. This is true. You've never seen it like that before. No. And what that means is you want to fall in this quicksand. Yeah, if you uh, hold left while you're sinking, eventually you'll see the screen start, you know, moving to the left. And then you want to keep jumping and you, you can hear yourself bouncing at the bottom of the of the wall. Mm-hmm. And if you make it all the way to the side, you will find a door that takes you directly to the end of this level. Yes, this is a major shortcut. A major shortcut because um, some of this level is a major pain in your butt. Yes, it is. You know, the first part of it. Pretty standard. You're in the desert. You deal with those standard desert hazards. Now, then you find yourself in a cave, and you got to deal with a lot of bombs. Yeah, bombs galore. So many bombs that it's really easy to get hit by that splash damage. Yeah, it's uh, it's a pain. It is. Now, if you make it through the bomb zone, now you're in Vineland. <laughs> yeah. And man, there's a lot of vines to go up, and almost every one of these vines has one of those little... The hoopers? Yeah, the hoopers on them. Hanging with Mr. Hooper. You make it through them, and you say, oh, I'm I'm almost there. You're not almost there. There's more vines and more vines, and it just keeps on going. Yes, there's a ton of these. Yeah, I mean, that's why you want to find that shortcut and and jump to the end. If not, at the very top, you're going to find a platform with a pyramid on it that makes no sense. Yeah, it's the air pyramid, or maybe it's on top of a mountain. Maybe, but inside, this weird air pyramid is just another red birdo. Yeah, wah, wah. You know, and there's a one mushroom block you can use against him. But at this point, you're a birdo killing machine. You can handle this. Yes, sir. But when you defeat him... What happens, Nick? Well, you will you will face the returning Triclide. Oh, that's right. This is a boss level. Now, this Triclide uh, is really no different. The main difference is the layout of where he is versus you. Yeah, you only have one platform, so you kind of it's kind of frantic at the beginning where you want to pick up these blocks and build a little wall as fast as you can. And then it's just waiting for the break in his uh, fire breath. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're quick enough and you have Toad, you can build a, a three-block-high uh, wall mm-hmm. and then just go down, pick one up, run up on top of that, jump and throw it because do that three times, he's dead. Oh, man, rejoice because you have now made it to... The final world. Yes, world seven. World seven one. And it's, you know, just more of the... No, it's not more of the same. (laughs) Now things get really weird. Yeah, you're up in the clouds. There are these big pillars. There's white buildings with green roofs. Everything just looks a little off from what you've been experiencing before. Get used to seeing the flowers, the panzers. They're up here. They suck. They are. And did you like having those uh, bombs dropped on you? 
Uh, no, maybe it's just me, but it's a uh, shame because man, is it going to happen to you a lot more in this level? <laughs> uh, so many bonds will be dropped on you in the first half, and then the second half is you know kind of like a weird cloud maze. Yeah, you um, you have to like descend these cloud levels. They're kind of like being in sand that you can't dig. No, right? You know? Yeah. So it's like you have to track left and right and back down without and jumping is the key. Yeah, but there are these little pots with enemies following you. There's sniffits down there shooting nose bullets. It is a uh, definitely a harder area, but one you can get through. Yeah, yeah. And then you'll have to deal with some of the little spark guys. Yeah, you're in a climbing kind of zone with lots of ladders. So many ladders. You get up the ladders. Finally, there's another door. You go through that door, and here you are. Your best friend, old Birdo. Yeah, Gray Birdo. Gray Birdo. You got one mushroom block to use, so you better make it count. Uh, my advice would be to lure him off of that platform he's hanging out on, so you can get the high ground. Oh, sure. Yeah, and you um, just blast him from up top. You want to blast him so that you can go through that last crazy bird mouth. Yeah, the final eagle mouth. Because there is no world three. This is it. Seven two is the final level the last, of this game. Yes, the final level. And what a level it is. It is a huge castle. Yeah, it, it could be levels two and three combined. Easily, yeah. And uh, I really want to give them credit because it's a massive split path here. There really are two paths you can go through. And I would like to give them even more credit for the way the level begins. You get to the castle and you have to go through and you have to go over the drawbridge into it. Oh, right. Yeah. It sets up, you know, this final showdown. Yeah. You know, it's it's getting real now. It's getting so real. So real that you're going to fight like every indoor enemy you've ever fought. So kind of it's like early on. That's when I think the split where you can kind of go up or down. Yes. And which uh, which path did you take? Uh, I am a downer. Okay. That's cool because I almost always have gone up and... The only reason I kept doing it is because I've never really tried the down path. Well, I like the down path because it's just less work. You're just picking up the pieces and then falling. There's whole levels made of the mushroom blocks. Right, and with the sparks? With the sparksters. And I find them just, you know, they get stuck on their level. They're not too hard. I got you. Yeah, I just, I mean, it was my, my lack of curiosity that, you know, I was stuck with what worked. So, hey. I mean, they're both... About the same, I think, well, difficulty-wise. Here's what's the funniest part about this, though. Looking at the maps of this, I feel like the route I take is way more Toad-centric. And the route you take <laughs> is way more suited for Luigi. Uh, you, may be, uh, you may be correct. I would, uh, I, would, I would definitely have to go back and try the reverse options next time. Uh, I'm going to agree with you. I would definitely want to try the other way. So if you go down, that's what you have to do. If you go up, you're, you know... Going up a bunch of ladders and avoiding one of those flower guys. Yeah, I hate them so much. And uh, you're also avoiding a lot of sparksters as well, but you're climbing chains, you're jumping up platforms, you're doing all that stuff. Now, they do uh, reconvene at some point. Yeah, and conveyor belt land. Oh, yeah. And then also, you're going to start encountering some birdos. Yeah, just like normal enemy birdos. They're... Just in the middle of the level. In fact, one of them is uh, holding a key you need to get. Yeah, and you can see it in his stomach. That's why I th always thought of the orbs being in the Birdo's stomach. Mm, yeah. It reminds me of the uh, the mummies in Legend of Zelda, how you could see the bomb inside them sometimes. Yeah, or the key in the skeletons. Yeah, yeah, it's like they're expecting. There are some light maze-like elements in this area, but you know nothing like Mario 1. Or no, if you just keep Mario going, World. you'll get there eventually either way. Yes, and there is the final gem. 
I lied. There is one more bird mouth to walk through. Oh. You walk through that bird mouth, and the game is over. No, it's not. <laughs> there is one more boss to fight, and this boss is unique to Mario 2. Yeah, Wart has never come back. You fight a giant toad named Wart, although he did make a cameo in Link's Awakening. Oh, really? For Well, that makes sense because of Dream World stuff, yes. right? Oh, wow, okay. Now, here you are. You are at the seminal final battle. Yeah, there's a big... Uh... I don't know what the machine is supposed to be in the background, but it shoots... The vegetable machine? Yeah, which... Wart hates vegetables, so I don't know why he would hang out by a vegetable-generating machine, but he does. Good news for you, though, because you can grab those vegetables. Yeah, you have to. They throw them in his mouth? Yes. Which he... It's only when he is open, right? Yes. He, sh he shoots bubbles out of his mouth as well. That is his primary attack. But you can kind of get behind him... If you're careful, I never really do it. I always just play it safe, but I saw some people do it online where you get a you get a vegetable and get behind him, and then that way when he opens his mouth, you can just throw it. And it will still go in there. It'll, it'll hit him, but you don't have to worry about dodging the uh, bubbles. Oh, well, great. But I didn't really try that, uh, but he's not a horrible boss. You know, you I just... think he's easier than, uh, like, Triclide, the last yeah. one you fought. And he's definitely easier than Bowser. Yes, definitely. You have to throw, what, five vegetables into his mouth? I have seven. Seven? I knew that it was more than three, but, yeah. you know, lost track in that the intensity <laughs> of that fight. Now, you get all seven vegetables into his mouth, and boom, it's done. It's over. It is over. You rejoice with the rest of your crew? Yeah, it uh, gives you a nice little display where you see uh, all four characters on, like, a, a dais, and mm -hmm. there's all the little, like, dream people? Yeah, you know, they, they kind of look like Bezos. Yeah, I guess they're not. They look like a cross between a Bezo and a Shy Guy, kind of like... Oh, I can see that. You know, like, I'm like, maybe these are the good guys of the Dream World and the other, the Shy Guys, etc., are the, the evil ones. Yeah, and then you're treated to uh, a nice little cutscene. You get to see the cast list. Mm-hmm. Shows yeah. you every creature and what its name is. Yes, although, uh, as well as in the manual, uh, the Ostro and Birdo is switched here. And then finally you see Mario in bed waking up. It was all a dream, Inception style. Dang, man. But good news for us. Many of the great enemies and cool concepts that Mario encountered in this dream will find their way into the real Mushroom Kingdom. Well, here we are, Nick, in the review portion of our podcast. Let's review this. Let us review any classic Nintendo Power System across four categories. Each category has a score possible of 0 to 5, starting with graphics and sound. Nick, I gave this game a 5. Oh wow, for graphics and sound. You know, the sprites in this game are amazing. They were a huge leap ahead of Mario 1. That's very true. Um, you got to see a distinction between Mario and Luigi. There was a real personality, I think, in each one of the characters you could play as. And the music in this Mario is, I think, my favorite. I gave this uh, a 4. And the reason I, I had the graphics are they're very serviceable and they're very appropriate and, and they're, they look good, but I mean, this game isn't like, you know, there's no super 
like bosses like Contra or something. You know what I mean? But yeah, I can see that. The music is great. I like the music in this so much better than the music in Mario One or Three, even. Now, Which they're both have great music. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, you know maybe it's like personal taste, subjective thing. But it just you know it has a very different feel than the music in uh, really any other game. It has a very uh, ragtime piano kind okay. of vibe. That's what I wanted to say, but I'm I don't know my music words that well, so I didn't want to make a fool. But yeah, it's it's awesome. I really like the music a lot in this game. Next up is play control, Nick. Um, I gave it a three. All right, I gave it a four. Okay. Um, I think the the play control is really good. Uh, I did not have any problems doing stuff, and it does give you uh, a good amount of options for only using two buttons. And the reason I gave it a four, say instead of a three or three point five, was just the fact that. The four characters really allow you to play in the style that you want. Yeah, that's very true. It does give you different ways to interface, and I, I love that about this game. You know, are you someone that likes a shorter squatter jump? Then you got Toad. Do you like someone that has the squirrely, free-floating legs of Luigi? You got that, too. Yeah, and uh, it's fun, too. Uh, you know, the play control works really well for princesses hovering, like... If you're really good, you can like jump and then press the button on your way down to start floating. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I do know. It's uh, it's kind of tough, but it's there and you can do it. Yeah. And uh, the only downside to play control is I think when you're on ladders and ropes, it can get a little squirrely. Yeah, because you can just walk off them to the right or left. Indeed. But this is a definite um, step forward in the evolution of Mario 1, I think. I agree. So, Nick, next up is Challenge. I gave it a 3.5. As did I. You know, I said it's hard, but not hateful. No, and you, you get two continues and ample opportunities to earn lives. It doesn't throw lives at you as much as later, say, Mario 3 will, but uh, yeah, you can get them you know, through repetition. And there are plenty of warps in this game. Yes. So, uh, if you don't want to play through some of these harder levels, there are many ways to get around them. Yeah, like, you know, as I beat it, this last time, you know, I would go back, like, you know, when I came back, I would just warp to where I left off. Indeed. But, uh, the only thing I didn't, the only reason I wouldn't warp was to get more lives. Oh, sure. Yeah. But otherwise, uh, you know, the game does demand a lot from you, but it's never anything you can't do. Well, our final category, Nick, is theme and fun. I gave this a five. As did I. It's an awesome game. It's I feel like it gets slightly overlooked compared to other Mario games because it's so different. But I, I, the things that are different, I love. I wish this branch of the family tree would have kept growing. Yeah, the fact that you can change characters, so awesome. The theming between worlds. I know it's Arabian and it's based on the old Doki Doki Panic, <laughs> but it fits well. I mean, it's a new type of world. It's a dream world that Mario is going through. Well, and the level design is really awesome. Like, you can see... You know, when you, when you climb up for for so long and then you fall down or, you know, you're going up and down these towers that are connected. Uh, you yeah. Can, you can really tell, especially if you look at the maps online, you can be like, man, this, this all fits together very tightly in, in a sensical way. Well, as a child, you never had to uh, had a leap of um, faith to where one door would enter and one would leave. It all made sense if you could match it up in your mind's eye. Yeah, it wasn't just doors going somewhere, which, I mean, a lot of games were, and it's like, that's fine, but when it, when it actually works out in, in a coherent way, it really adds something special. Yeah, and everything comes together just to make such a unique and enjoyable experience that really uh, spawned many of my favorite things in the Mario world. Yeah, sure, and, uh, you know, with 
this game lends itself to a lot more of kind of varied exploring than a lot of other Mario games even. You know, you can, where's the potions? Where's the mushroom? Where's the best place to use it? How do I get past these things? Like, there's a lot of stuff to check out in each level. Agreed. And, you know, last but not least, they finally made Luigi a tall, skinny guy. (laughs) So, Nick, should you play this game? Yes, you should. I say the same. This game is such a classic but still different from all of the other ones in the series. Yeah, it would be great to see them revisit this gameplay style. Maybe even not as a Mario game, but it's just, you know, there was something great going on here too that I wish they wouldn't have just let go of. Well, we've seen a Super Mario 3D World. We've seen new Super Mario Brothers. Maybe if we're lucky, we'll see a new Mario 2. Next week's game will be UN Squadron for the Super Nintendo. So grab a controller, find a copy, and play this game any way you can. And remember, folks, if there's anything big we missed or stuff we got wrong, uh, just let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com and we'll address it in the future. Yeah, um, apparently you Aussies don't like Vice Project Doom, so (laughs) tell us what you do want to hear. We'd love to hear from every one of you. But we'd like to thank everyone for listening. Please check us out on Twitter at Cart Command. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher or any podcast app that accepts an RSS feed. Like us on Facebook at Cartridge Command. But we also want to make sure we thank every one of our Patreon supporters because it is you guys that make this show possible. Thank you so much. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, Game On! Weird. It's weird to have come full circle on Keanu, like he who I once hated. I'm like, I'm like, no, I, I like you, man. I get it. Cause he does a lot of cool stuff. I recorded that, so oh, I have it, on, I have, I have it now forever. Don't tell them I like Keanu. <laughs>